You're listening to The Weekly Brew with Austin Statton, Jeremy Paxton, and Hunter Atkins. It's time to sit back, relax, and be informed. Welcome to episode 116 of the Weekly Brew Podcast. My name is Austin Stat, and I'm joined by Hunter Atkins and Jeremy Paxton. And, and last week, we spoke about the high of a World Series championship here in Houston. And now that baseball season is over, unfortunately, we are left with the Texans, the miserable Texans. And of course, they get blown out on the road against the upstart L.A. Rams, who are 7-2 and two on the season. Uh, so we'll talk about that here in just a moment. But also a quick plug. Uh, I was on a podcast as a guest uh, this past week on uh, Roommates HTX. And uh, that episode will drop on Monday. We talk a little football, a little Colin Kaepernick, a little Lonzo Ball and LeVar Ball. So make sure to uh, check that out. We will post a link to that. But... Guys, uh, Texans looked horrendous again with Tom Savage at quarterback on Sunday. Yeah, I was pretty um, not shocked to see what happened. Uh, Of course, Tom Savage is just the letdown that he will probably always be for the Texans. But uh, I'm really curious where where this whole loss leaves the Texans as an organization with Bill O'Brien at the helm. You know, I was listening to the postgame press conference and it uh, it sounded a lot like uh, the last one, and Bill O'Brien just continues to take responsibility for it's a narrative. For yeah, the last four years. Yeah, and, and I'm I'm, I'm kind of wondering um, where like where do the players fall in terms of responsibility for this loss? Because Bill O'Brien can can do all that he can as coach, but I'm I'm curious like wait like where is the accountability with some of these players that are just not stepping up to the plate? I, to me, I think the biggest issue that I have with Bill O'Brien this season is Tom Savage. I, we said this, Derek and I have talked about this numerous times. Tom Savage is a guy that was named the starter week one of the season. He was 18 of 36 today for 220 yards. He had his first career touchdown pass, so well done, Tom. But he also had four picks or four turnovers. I mean, you, you can't have your starting quarterback do that. Not only that, but he named that guy the starting quarterback over to Sean Wong. To me, that's the huge red flag. I mean, how can that guy make the decision that Tom Savage is for Watson's success? I mean, I don't know. I think I give him some credit and cater the system. So maybe that merits giving him another year. It does. And my point and I, is I, that- I think he is going to get another year. Another year. You know, he is going to get another year. Obviously, I, I think that that's pretty clear. Um, Why is that pretty clear? I don't. I, I don't see McNair pulling the trigger right now because he. This is the, the first. This is the first season. Or this is the worst start the Texans have had under his tenure in his four years of coaching. Um, I see McNair giving him at least one more shot before and, throwing and, him and the towel. McNair has done that. In the past, with Kubiak, when when Gary Kubiak was a head yes. coach, he let him stay on despite numerous calls, uh, you know, from fans, from media that you know a, a change needed to be made at the head coaching position. Obviously, that didn't happen, and you know his hand was sort of forced when they finished what two and fourteen back in two thousand eleven, two thousand twelve. Uh, but you know, also Rick Smith, he's got to be in the hot seat as well. I mean, the, the offensive line doesn't look good. Uh, they have had a lot of injuries on defense this year. The defense looked decent in the first half of the game, but when you're playing from behind constantly, it seems unfair to put those to get rid of those guys, meaning uh, O'Brien Smith, when there have been such critical injuries. Right, but there's been some tension, it seems, between Rick Smith and Bill O'Brien. You know, the last Based few years. Uh, you know, I, I, think, I, like, I, I don't know. I that. think a Brock Osweiler for one. I mean, I, I, I think that that signing. From everything that we've heard from, you know, John McClain, there seems to be a seems to have been a split on uh, O'Brien. It seemed like he was sort of forced to sign Osweiler without him wanting to do that. So I don't know. It, it seems like there's some 
there are some people that aren't happy, but I will say this. Your Giants job might come up in this offseason. And if that's the case, does Bill O'Brien perhaps bolt for that job? I mean, Texans could fire him, but I, I, I think there is a possibility that he could leave. Yeah, uh, you know, it's it's interesting. As to whether he takes something like that, I that's a big question mark. I, I don't know. Maybe he wants to finish what he started in Houston. Who knows? I, I think with personnel coming back, if Watson comes back playing just like he did, next season i mean who knows what could happen but um we've seen this movie before with rick smith right i mean we've we've not held back at all in our criticism of him i say our um i've heard a lot of criticism on this podcast of rick smith and it's deserved but i mean he's survived miraculously all these years now and i kind of wonder like is this finally gonna be the time that he gets what's coming to him no i I think he i think he he would have to fail with a full season of Deshaun Watson. You know, uh, I, I could easily see the argument for, uh, for keeping him uh, being, uh, uh, this is going to be a little hypocritical, only because he didn't choose Watson at the start of the year to be the starting quarterback, right? But, yeah, we'll go into training camp next year with you know Deshaun Watson as a starting quarterback, assuming that he can come back from the, uh, the ACL tier. Is ACL or MCL? ACL. The and ACL it's the second tier. one, so there, there are di- some but it's question a marks. different knee, right? Yeah, different knee. Is, uh, come back sooner than a year. It used to, it used to be a year-long injury, but now it's like six months less than quarterback, and that'll be like that's it for O'Brien. That's your last chance, right? Show us what you can do with this guy behind the uh, behind center for the entire season. Yeah, get to JJ Watt maybe back to his old self on right. defense. It, it, it's such a lost season that it just I'm, I I as always I admit to not being nearly the kind of expert in football that you guys are or Derek. Um, but it does seem fruitless and pointless to get rid of O'Brien or Rick Smith right now when there have been so many critical injuries. Yeah, I, I think that's a fair point. I mean, I, I think if injuries weren't an issue, this team would be you know, right up there in the AFC South. I, I, I don't know that they would be the favorites in the AFC. Uh, you know, I, I think Kansas City's probably that team. Uh, you know, and you can't count out New England, what they do year in and year out, in the, especially in the postseason. Uh, but, yeah, it's a little disheartening as a Texans fan. I mean, you know, after coming off this high from the, uh, you know, the Astros championship, but at the end of the day, the Astros championship pivoted perfectly into the Rockets season. You know, so you can kind of forget <laughs> about... <laughs> Just like your segue right there. Yeah, pivoted right. about the, the, the Texans. And yeah. here, here's what sucks really quickly for the Texans. All right, Andre, so we're not segueing into the Rockets. We will in just a moment. Okay. Andre Johnson is getting his number inducted into... Andre... He's the first person. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. And... Is Casey Keenum eventually? We're just electric <laughs> Who's for the Texans. Ring but of honor? That kind of sucks for him. I mean, the Texans are... Yeah, but he gets a free trip, a lot of free booze, I'm sure. Like, yeah, it's not that bad for him, Austin. Of course. Is That's it good fair. for the Rockets? It's probably... Casey McGrady and Yao Ming being inducted to the Hall of Fame was good for the Rockets. And it was good for the Rockets. Never forget. <laughs> for losing to uh, the Philadelphia 76ers uh, on October 30th, they haven't lost a game. They won Cavaliers, the Grizzlies, and the Pacers. Uh, doing all of this without Chris Paul, who's been out with an injury. But uh, James P. Caliber level, uh, Rockets leading the Western Conference right now. Uh, Hunter, I know you're the uh, more of a basketball expert than Jeremy by default. But you know maybe when the Rockets start pushing him, any sort of thing. No, he is not just basketball expert by default. Like by far. Yeah. Like okay. Yeah, far. Jeremy. Yeah. I wish I did now. <laughs> oh, you guys talking shooty hoops? <laughs> uh, no, look, they're excellent and. You mentioned the absence of Chris Paul, right? The biggest offseason acquisition. 
Um, they just reverted back to the same exact offense they ran last season, which is looking great. Um, Harding came into camp down 12 pounds, which is impressive because he was in great shape last year. Um, he looks phenomenal. Yeah. Like you said, another MVP caliber year. I, I, I really can't add too much. It's still early in the season, and part of it feels, I don't know, not so important because we need to see how well Chris Paul can be integrated into the offense. It's, it's the whole point, right? We know that the Rockets are going to play well this year, but can they raise their level um, to compete with the Warriors? That's everything. The whole, this whole season is can they compete with the Warriors? Uh, right now, no. Right. So I mean, they did beat him week one, first game, yeah, opening night. Does, it, well, does, that, does that weigh anything? Well, opening it? night last season, the Spurs beat the, the Warriors as well. So no, the it Spurs doesn't mean did much. have some injuries with Kawhi. You know, it, it, you know, they were doing really well against the uh, the no, Warriors I, I, in the Western Conference. But I'm saying Conference. you can't. No, my right. point is that I, I, I you can't use the the opening night example to mean anything. So no, it doesn't mean anything. And I I watched in person the Cavaliers beat. Uh, excuse me, the Rockets beat the Cavaliers, and I still didn't even think that meant too much. You know, like the Cavaliers are playing like garbage right now. Their defense is horrendous, the worst in the league. But I don't expect that to be the same Cavs team in a few months also. So just, you know, temper your expectations. They look great. It's awesome that Harden is playing so beautifully. Uh, He's fully healthy. Uh, But, yeah, everybody's waiting for Chris Paul to come back, which will probably happen um, next week. I think next week he's going to be back. Uh, And that's when, you know, you really start to see what the potential of this team is. So – who so far, you know, whether it's team or players, have kind of... Eric Gordon. Well, not just the Rockets, but oh. who, who stuck out for you this season? I mean, to me, I think... But across the NBA? Yeah, I think it's got to be, what, like Giannis? Giannis yeah, yeah. I mean, 31 points a game. Giannis Antetokounmpo, Say that, say that five freak. times fast. Giannis Antetokounmpo. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> but I mean, he's, what, 22 years old, and what he's doing is just... He's 23, yeah. Phenomenal. Yeah, I don't have anything to add to that, yeah. Dude's, dude's dope. He's seven feet tall. He can hit three-pointers now. His handle is unbelievable. The Bucks just traded for Eric Bloodso, which was so savvy. They're they're delicious. So who else in the NBA? You're, you're just gonna let that linger. That I just called them delicious. You're just gonna leave that out there. No, I just want the people to hear it for themselves right. without any extra. How about commentary? Chris Tapps Porzingis, my boy KP, reviving Madison Square Garden? So tell me unstoppable. About that. Tell me about that because I I mean honestly, the last few weeks. So New York City is a city that's on the East Coast. <laughs> Madison Square Garden <laughs> the is first also city. known the first at, city. Yeah. It's known as the greatest uh, sports arena on earth. And the Knicks, who've been dysfunctional, disastrous, despondent, other words that start with D, uh, <laughs> for, you know, for, for my entire adult life, basically. Finally, the unicorn has been unleashed now that Carmelo's been shipped to the Thunder. Kristaps had a string of five consecutive games with 30 points or more. Um, his goal is to become the defensive player of the year, which I thought was really cool. Uh, I don't think they're going to do anything that significant this year. Maybe they could somehow back back into the eighth spot, but that isn't really what you want for that team anyway because you want them to keep rebuilding. You want them to get a really good draft pick so that maybe in, oh, two years, they have a shot at leading the Eastern Conference. But, but, but Chris Stapps has been unbelievable. And it's kind of crazy to me that the Knicks were looking to potentially deal him in the offseason. I don't know about that. I can't. I can't, I can't. I can't even entertain such blasphemy. <laughs> but do, do our listeners really care about the the Knicks? They don't care about that. Probably they want to hear us the, extol the Rockets. All right, they've been great. They have no drama right now. Eric Gordon, who also lost weight, has been phenomenal. Six man of the year last year, but now he's this just killer uh, slash and kick three point shooting machine too. He's really. I, I mean, 
I don't know. The, the, the question looms. Will Chris Paul be able to be integrated into this offense? What about Clint Capella? I mean, it seems like that's... He's a, awesome. That, he's, that, that, that's the guy that Daryl Morey has yeah. loved. And he, he well, looks he's like affordable, he, that's why. Right, but he looks like he's been developing so much this season into that yeah. guy that so many people thought he could be. Yeah, in a way, he's everything that the Rockets wanted Dwight Howard to be. You know, just shut up, know your role. Roll off the pick and roll. Get every defensive and offensive rebound you can. Keep fighting. Keep defending. Taste. You know. You know. I saw a nice drill they were doing on uh, Thursday against the Cavs. This was before the game, where one of these assistants was. They had like the football, the big square football pad that you hold with your forearm right. to check a guy, and they had Capella purposefully embracing contact, like leaning and. Uh, I guess like shouldering into the pad uh, on his way up to the basket. Um, so clearly, you know, he's, he's so thin, uh, but they've been preparing him for the physicality of an entire season up against, you know, whatever big men are left in the league. And to me, that's a little bit interesting because there aren't a lot of big men left in the league. So does that sort of help Capella? I mean, like you said, he's skinny, yeah, he's 6'10". The, no, but think about the teams that they're going to have to go up against. The Thunder, you have Steven Adams. Right. The Spurs, you have Aldridge. And um, then I guess the Warriors is, is kind of a funky example because they don't have a classic big man that Clint would match up against. But whatever. It, there, there's plenty of good merit to having Capella embrace that kind of uh, you know, uh, contention and uh, contact down low. So the Rockets uh, doing pretty well right now, leading the, uh, you know, the, I want to call it the AFC South, but that's the Texans, the uh, the, uh, the NBA Western Conference, uh, doing pretty well, 11-3 uh, and three on the season. Uh, Harden what's the, what's playing the Warriors' record well. right now? The Warriors' record right now, uh, they are just 10-3, and three, so they're half game behind uh, the Rockets, but of course, uh, that seems to be it. I mean, the Western Conference right now, the, the only two teams with 10-plus wins, Actually, the only three teams in the league with 10-plus wins are Boston, Golden State, and the Rockets. Uh, Spurs sitting at 8-5, and five, and Denver Nuggets sitting at 8-5 and five in the Northwest Spurs, Division. Spurs will be there, though. Of course. Yeah. Of course. Of course, they've had some injury issues as well. But we are still young into the NBA season. We hope to talk a little bit more about that uh, in, in upcoming weeks, have some NBA-specific guests, whether it's national writers or some uh, some of our past guests. Yeah, awesome. You're looking at me show. right now. Like, I, I, am. Egg, I am. Yeah, trying to get me to pull some strings. You are the basketball guy. I'll work, uh, I'll work on it. Right. See what, I'll see what I can round up. All right, so, uh, Jeremy, I'm going to pivot this over to you. Because Jeremy's you here? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, hey, guys. Hey, I was, <laughs> so whenever I, we, I talk, asleep, whenever we talk NBA, uh, Jeremy just passes out a little bit. So, uh, Jeremy, tell us uh, what happened with college football this weekend. Oh, college football. Uh, Bama is, of course, unbeaten, which is uh, to be expected, of course. It's groundbreaking this, news. Yeah, I know, right? It's groundbreaking. Um, Oklahoma beat TCU, I think, and they're going to you know, round out the top spot in the Big 12, hopefully with a berth into the playoff for the Big 12. When are college um, football fans going to get tired of Alabama being so good. I think everyone is tired. Everyone, yeah, I was just say this is unless not you win. Live, unless you live in Tuscaloosa. And then when is Nick Saban going to be publicly and incessantly excoriated for being too much of a wimp to coach in the NFL again? I mean, he's paid $11 million. I, I understand. Say, why, why would you there are, uh, if because Because what is this? What is this like experience for him to just keep putting out number one college football teams? What's the point? Getting paid. No, being, I, I understand you also would get paid no, a lot of money there, in the NFL. Because there are, there, there are people who find college football far more interesting than the NFL. And the, the college football has its own... Has its own it's like a cult vi- following. Yeah, I, 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 I understand that. But in the pantheon of important coaches, like 
You go to the NFL when you're really good. I would like to see him pull. He's too much of a I would wimp lo- right now. Hold on, hold on. Let me tell you. I would love to see Nick Saban go to the NFL. Yeah. Because that would mean that Alabama. Yeah. Well, I want to see him Pete, like, do a Pete Carroll. Like, go right. to the NFL, win a Super Bowl to prove that he can do it. Sure, I agree. Because it's he, like, he, 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 I don't know. It was, he, he didn't, he was what, in Miami for what, a year and a half? Two uh, years? But I, I don't know. I'd like to see him prove it at the next no, level I, as well. I, this is what I'm saying. Yes. That once you dominate in college, the next step is for you to go to the NFL. Yeah. I, I, to, to answer your question, you know, when, when is, or maybe in a different way, when is Alabama going to stop being good? Um, when Frodo destroys the one ring and Nick Saban's physical <laughs> manifestation then fades and becomes dust, then um, they might stop well, being this, good. But this until, seems that, so until that time, to be a fan. Yeah, but, but, but Alabama is, is it's the punching bag that everyone wants to swing at. You know, and I think that they they prove to be a very good villain in college football. And if you can knock them off, it feels so good. Back in two thousand, what was it, thirteen when Auburn had that insane overtime win against Alabama. Oh, the the kick six. Yeah, the kick six. Yeah. I mean, you know, Nick Saban puts all his fat and heavies out on the field for that massive long field goal. The kicker can't get it, and there's that little that that I forget if it was the quarterback or the tailback. Somebody was, you know, in the end zone. Well, it certainly wasn't the quarterback back there to receive. The Sorry, pick, no, so. you, you know what I mean. Anyways, he so he's back there and he runs what for 105 yards, some some yeah. crazy like yeah. that. I mean, that's what makes. If that hadn't been Alabama, no one would, would remember that. Like, well, I like I, I think do. it was it was it was also a big deal because it was a rivalry game. Yeah, I mean, of it, course, it, the Iron Bowl. Right. Yeah, but but I'll, I'll tell you what. Saturday in college football, there was a lot of exciting games. I mean, Miami blowing out Notre Dame, uh, two top eight, eight, two top eight teams. Uh, TCU getting blown out against Oklahoma, and then uh, Alabama was on the ropes against Mississippi State. But Nick Saban did what he did best: outcoached uh, Mississippi State. Uh, Herds led a remarkable touchdown drive uh, with about what a minute thirty left of the game to keep Alabama undefeated, and they're probably going to be number one in the college football. Uh, playoff poll, but we saw Georgia, who was number one in the playoff poll this past week, get blown out uh, on the road against a former Baylor quarterback, Jared Stidham, and and Auburn. I believe that score was what, like forty to ten or something like that. Yeah, it, 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 it was, was a massive. It was but lopsided. College football. We've got a few weeks left in the season. Who do you think makes it to the playoffs, Jeremy? And, and who is your favorite at this point? You know, I'm, I'm looking at Wisconsin right now. You know, and thinking about the Big Ten, and you know, I believe they're still unbeaten. I know everyone's talking about Ohio State, but I mean, I, I, I don't know. They might. They're, I guess, kind of a dark horse in the Big Ten. Um, I think it's going to be Alabama for sure. From the Big Twelve, we've got Oklahoma, um, and who knows? I mean, does the Pack have a chance? Is, does USC have a chance no. of getting I think, in? I think, I think the only team, the only way the Pack has a chance is if there's multiple two loss teams. Yeah, because their schedule is just yeah. so bad, and the only team really left is Washington. Of course, they lost on what Thursday or Friday night to Stanford. Yeah, and, and which AJ Hinch was actually at that game. He was uh, the person to do the ceremonial coin toss. Were you tumescent? Very. Can you tell? <laughs> so, um, spelling bee champion, can you define tumescent? The way that Austin Staten <laughs> feels whenever the Astros in their uh, after their World Series celebration appear on television. So, so let's talk about Astros fever. I mean, the guy that still has Astros. No, fever. we're not talking about. It. I was I was merely making a, a, a rather lewd joke. Of course. Um, I, I think I'd like to pivot at some point to talking about. I said I pledged last week that we would talk yeah, about yeah. Um, you know the shooting outside of San Antonio uh, in Sutherland Springs. And um, Devin Kelly, the uh, 
the gunman. I'm not, I'm not exactly sure where to start with it, but I just felt since we, you know, since I made that pledge, that, we, we, have, would come, yeah, that we would come we back after you know, more news had developed, after we educated ourselves more on the matter. Um, this, is a, this is a pretty complicated mass shooting to apply to the ongoing debate about um, gun control, frankly. You know, we, we, clearly we all, I assume, I mean, feel free to disagree, but I feel like we all must certainly blame the Air Force for not um, registering uh, or reporting the um, domestic violence, the domestic violence oh, charge. Yeah. Right. Well, it, it wasn't. I mean, it wasn't just that the, the this conviction. guy. This guy has a spotty history all over the place. Yeah, like, yeah. like animal cruelty. Yeah. Domestic violence. Escaped this a, guy was a, escaped a hey, escaped from a psych hospital. Yeah, exactly. I mean, this this guy. So, so he shouldn't have owned a gun. Shouldn't have. No, he he, he would have if 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 the law had done its. And I'm saying the law. I'm using that as a sort of a broad yeah, term. But yeah. if the law had done its job, it he would not have been allowed to buy a firearm. Now that, of course, precludes him going through a buddy, you know, assuming he has friends. He didn't look like he had very many. But, I mean, it's, it's, there's something to say for the fact that the laws in place failed, you know. And yeah, and this weird loophole where the Air Force, for, uh, I don't know what the... How, does, way, how does that they, happen? I don't know. That, that, that they, to me pisses me off well, there's, so much. There's some pencil pusher in a back office in some Air Force administrative building that's getting fired for this right now. I mean, it, yeah. that's the, without a doubt, but... Um, I, what, what I've focused on is just the sort of the human impact of that entire thing. You know, they're, they're looking at like demolishing the church, making they've it already a memorial. Said the pastor of the church that they are going to demolish. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're going to make it like a prayer garden and sort of a memorial. And I just, I can't Why do even we have, fathom you, yeah. what that's like to have to undergo well, that sort of. Well, I mean, they, of, they did that with Sandy Hook as well. They demolished yeah. the school. Yeah, I, I just can't imagine what that's like, and that's such a world changer, you know, to have to experience something Is that like necessary? That. I, don't, I don't mean to sound crass or callous, but what... It's amazing how in 2017, almost 2018, we still, um, as a culture, are very symbolic, right? Mm. Like at a time when presumably, I would think, we would be more scientific, we'd be more mathematically oriented. We seem even, this, this can even tie into uh, you know, the, the debate about bringing down statues, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, man, we really are, are still so symbolic, not so tangible, that that's uh, uh, not like... I don't know how do I put this. To have kept the church up, why would that have been in some way um, offensive or egregious or uh, a, a, a perpetuation of the crime that had happened? Why? Why is this is a place of worship? Yeah, can't it continue to to go on as like being a restored holy place? Yeah, and well, and and I think. That, that's a very interesting question, and that, that sort of begs a question about human nature in general um, and what that what that's like and, and what, you know, people... I think in this situation, if I'm, you know, I work with victims of trauma in my day job, and to have that kind of trauma, even if you've worked through something like that and it's not affecting Jeremy your Jeremy works day-to-day. at uh, Amazon.com <laughs> customer service. Yeah, I, I, I'm at home all day answering, phone, answering phone calls. victims of trauma. Yeah, exactly, victims of trauma. And um, that sort of thing, even if you work through it, even if you are not ruled by that in your day-to-day life, having that reminder there, especially in a place of worship, something that's so personal and uh, something that's so personal and so visceral for some people, I, I can't imagine wanting to go back there. You right. know? Um, especially since I, I, I think given what's happened, I mean, they're, they're going to, they're looking at not just a, a new sanctuary, but a, I think probably an upgrade from what they had. I know that kind of sounds bad, well, but it, yeah, yeah it, I mean, I, I guess I also, and, and admittedly this will sound kind of crass or um, callous, but all right, so now, in addition to the horrification that was caused by the gunman, 
now tax dollars are going to be spent to like rebuild a new church. I, no, you can't spend no. tax dollars on. Oh no! So, I, so it's going to be. I think I know, private. I think the okay, su- private donation. The or? Southern Baptist Convention is going to pony up part of that money. Right. Oh yeah, it's it's yeah. it's going to be it's going to be all. I don't know how all, I feel about that yeah. either. So, so yeah. taking people from the congregation, taking people from the community, now they're yeah. going to have to pay to that, build. A, you know what I'm saying? Like, but that's what they you know that that's what those organizations are saying. That that would be an. I think that's a national organization issue. Speaking speaking of that, I believe. I believe it's uh, the city of Houston, or, or some. You might be able to answer this, Jeremy, but sure. some some organizations, political organization, is actually trying to decide if churches in the city of Houston can actually get federal funding for Hurricane Harvey uh, damages, like FEMA money. Hmm. Which I, I think that's kind of interesting because you've got that separation of church and state, that sort of thing. You can't get federal if, funding if you do that. It's not insured. You lose your no. Well, if most churches probably aren't insured, but if you why? why don't ask me. But, 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 <laughs> but seriously, is that is that a? But am I missing? Am I Missing for, something for flood, for yeah. flood damage. Well, why, so, but, I mean, ninety like, percent of the people that flood in Houston didn't have flood insurance. So I, I right. imagine that probably extends to a lot of the. the I was going to say the, the, the buildings well. are insured. The buildings are insured against like fire and that kind of thing. But but flood. But the way insurance works on the on buildings and homes is that it, flooding is never covered. Okay. And so with no one effectively having flood insurance, and I come from a neighborhood where nobody had flood insurance. Yeah. You know, yeah. next to the reservoirs there. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see them get some federal funds. Um, I, you know, I'm not a constitutional scholar as it relates to federal funding after a disaster and whether that can go to a faith-based organization. <laughs> but I, I know I, I know I don't claim to be an expert in that area. I mean, I do do know that you know um, federal dollars have gone gone to religious organizations before doing nonprofit work and. Um, I don't see why that would be such a big issue yeah. post-disaster. Post Here, here's, here's, here's a question. Uh, and if we know this, did federal dollars go to any churches in New Orleans? After I have no Katrina? idea. Yeah, and no that's, that's a, that's a but, question. But let's, let's pivot this back to San Antonio yeah. real quick, Southern yeah. Springs. So the money will come from different organizations, people right. that want to donate, that sort All of right. thing. I but, mean, to but, start that but, tangent. But outside of, you know, sp- specific to this case, I mean, there were, <clears throat> there were a lot of issues here, right? You know, the government messed up, the Air Force messed up, how he got hired and, and, you know, passed a background check at Schlitterbaum this past summer in, in New Bronzeville blows my mind. He, he was he was fired. Uh, he committed this atrocity. Twenty six people dead. Does it change anything? I mean, yeah, you asked this last week that, that or you, you, you said something even more provocative. Which yeah. Was, which was that if after Sandy Hook, uh, that does not motivate broader gun control, uh, what will? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Does does something like this happening in Texas, you know, a, a state that is very pro guns, having children killed, grandparents killed, does does that impact? Does that move the needle at all? Well, I think you know, for first, you're right. In this, Texas is a very pro you know pro two A state. Um, I think the question is if the, the 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 assumption is more gun control means less mass shootings and less crime. And, and, and I don't think... I most, mean, Australia has proved that. Well, right. But Australia doesn't have a Second Amendment. And Australia is... But they don't have guns and they don't have oh, mass oh, shootings. Oh, no, 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 you're right. But, 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 but Australia and the United States are two very different places. If we talk about guns just right now in circulation, right? I mean, it, there's, there's, there's no comparison between the United States and Australia. Right. Um, and anywhere. The, the assumption that gun control is going to lead to less gun violence, especially if the laws fail, like in background checks, you know, in that area. I mean, I don't, I don't really see where you have to first assume that more gun control equals less guns and therefore less gun crime. I mean, what if this guy had gotten fertilizer and built a bomb and bombed I don't, that but church? I don't, but we don't have to play the what if game. Well, no, but, but Austin's would basic we... Question, Austin's basic question is, what is it going to take for something to change? 
if you are somebody who wants right. things to change. Right. In but, terms of gun ownership and gun purchasing. I mean, is there a way to minimize this from happening? Because it seems like each month there's another mass shooting. Okay. And a few weeks well, ago we had Las Vegas. Now we have Sutherland Springs. Probably going to be another one by the end of the year. I mean, I hate to be that guy, but here's, here, here, history tells us as such. Uh, and, and this is relevant. I want to bring this. Before Columbine, before Columbine, before that, that, sort, that sort of inaugurated this era of public mass shootings by perpetrators, and not just public mass shootings. I mean, there have been a lot of mass killings using vans, bombs, I mean, all, any, any sort, any, you know, any number of means. But what, what culturally and what in terms of people has changed since the Columbine shooting in the late 90s? I mean, what, what, mean? what, what in other words, what, what is made, I mean, because guns haven't changed in a long time. I mean, really, I mean, guns are the same. Sure, we, we, there might be more of them, but, but, what, I mean, but the people behind the gun. I mean, what's different about our society today that makes people think that it, taking mass, you know, a mass casualty event is how they need to leave their mark on the world? I mean, because in reality, I mean, we, we were, just, we're talking about the Sutherland Springs, but you remember New York City. There was a, a guy that got a van and just went down a crowded street. I mean, yeah, but d- divergence. Stay on, stay on the point about about gun violence. So and well, and no, no, but but no, but this is an important. Question. What has changed? Why are there what, right? Why are there? People, why has there been an increase in mass shootings? Yeah, well, even though is, I, it, is it the media covering this to sort of give them more of a platform? No, no, no. no. You don't think so? so, so Malcolm Gladwell wrote for the New Yorker. I think it was twenty thirteen. Sorry, that should be signaling for somebody to Google this. Thank you, Austin. Um, it was 2013 or 2014. Um, Gladwell wrote about, there's a, there's a name for this. I can't, something theory. Basically, the point, the, the, the whole gist is that um, there things that are shameful lose shame and become more accepted and are seen as, as, as like less monstrous of acts um, the more they're done, right? We used, used the word last week, Austin, about, uh, you said desensitized. Like, we feel desensitized now that they're, I said, you know, 26 people were killed in this shooting, and if this were five years ago, we would be aghast, right? But okay, did you find it, Austin? What's yeah, it so it was, a, it was a New Yorker piece back in 2015. October 2015? 2015, and, and, and the lead caption is actually, in the years since Columbine, School shootings changed; they became ritualized. What's mm-hmm. the what's the and what's the theory? There's a there's a psychological, yeah, a sociological well, I, I, theory to this. Malcolm Gladwell. I, I don't I don't have anything don't, against the guy, but no, but right. I but. So my, all right, my point is that it, it's it's one of these things where if you're in a crowd of people, the way it's measured is there's an index, and the way it's measured. It, it, so if you're in a crowd of people and one person uh, throws a stone through a window, right? It's it's something like it's it's an index of one, right? And then when the second person joins, because the first person threw it, well, that's an X of two. It's like it's, it keeps going so on, so on, so on. It's about the influence of a bad act and how it stops being seen as a bad act. And Gladwell posits it as you know, a reason why. he. It's an extensive, uh, much more extensive story than I'm giving credit for. It's but extremely long. I'm trying, I'm, try, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm trying to find the exact. So can you just do the control F theory or something like that? Come on. This can't be that hard. We're working out. on it. Working on it. Right. I, I see what you're saying. I see what that, you're saying, and, and that's that, and that's a similar. There's, if you read a social psychology textbook, I mean, he, he's 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 keying, he's touching yeah. on something where. So there's a, there's yeah. a certain monkey see it, it, monkey do quality reason, to this. That the more that the more that these mass shootings are, are happening, right? It's and being same, seen, then they're influencing the next one to feel less shameful about it. Sure, sure, yeah. but do you know? Do you do you think though that for for people who um, want to achieve notoriety? 
people who want to be remembered, people who are so angry at the world or so angry at a group of people or, or person that they want to be remembered. Do you think the 24-hour news cycle has anything to do with this? The I fact said that, that like three minutes ago. No, I know. No, but, I mean, no, no, but I'm asking it, him again yeah. because, I mean, it, I think that this is worth, worth discussing. Maybe yeah, but, we, then, but th- okay, so then what's your solution? You want us, you want... <laughs> The world to not no. document this stuff? No, no, no. That's that's far from it. But I think it's it's interesting. It's in not this. irrelevant because it's how information is obviously shared instantaneously and sure. and, and uh, disseminated so quickly everywhere all the time. Yes, and part of the. I wish you awesome. It's, it's, Come on, bro. It's not coming up, man. It's okay, the only read, th- read it quickly and find just read <laughs> just like, skim through it and find. The do what I this, say, yeah. Austin. We'll when I this, say to this, do this it, this awesome damn theory. That so it's it's a Stanford sociologist named Mark. Grenovoter. Don't had, need it. I need the name of this. I need the name it's, of this. It's it's a paradox. Did but you do control F theory? Or no? Yeah, there's only theory mentioned once in the story, and it says an early theory was the crowd cast a kind of intoxicating smell over its participants. So yeah. it's 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 not listed as theory, which makes it more difficult to search in this twenty thousand letter. All right. So what about type in rock or something? This is the example you just throwing a rock through a window. Um, uh, so anyway. Um, yeah, no, they're, they're not mutually exclusive. The idea that, oh, did you find Austin? Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's talking about social, social processes are driven by our thresholds. Threshold, thank yeah, you. Which he Thresh. defined as the number of people who need to be doing some activity that we agree to join them. In the elegant theoretical model, he proposed riots were started by people with a threshold of zero. Slower, slower. Riots, riots were perpetuated by people with a threshold of zero. Right. Instigators willing to throw a rock through a window at the slightest, uh, you know, provocative. Yes, people joining right. the movement. That, right. that, that creates then the Then comes the person who will throw a rock if someone else goes first. It's called threshold. Okay, threshold yeah. theory. Yeah. Okay, anyway. So the threshold, that's, that, that's his point, is just that the threshold theory of mass shootings has changed so dramatically because now it's people joining in and it becoming, except it isn't the right word. It's simply people are feeling less shamed and less afraid to do these kind right. of things. And, I, I think and, and yeah, the, the, the 24-hour news cycle, social media, it's yeah. a, it can't be separated well, from and the you, exposure and, to it. And you take, but, 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 but it still doesn't... I was actually going to cut you off, sorry. No, no, you, you take that, no, like, and I, I'm, I'm agreeing with you, you take that in the kind of moral vacuum that this guy lived in, you know, I mean, we're, we're, you know, and I don't, I don't think this says anything about atheists, but he, you know, he was very anti-theistic in his Facebook posts, he had all well, of these used, ideas. Well, and, he radically changed, we he, know that he used to be a church-going well, he, he, member. He did used to, and yeah, then, and then he, he kind of morphed into I don't this. want to use this guy necessarily as an example, by the way. No, 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 I, I'm not. so helpful. But, but he, I think he shares a lot of characteristics psychologically with a lot of these mass shooters, and this sort of detachment from reality, and not only that, but well, just... Well, yeah, uh, what person I mean, was complete, in touch with reality yeah, and would I mean, be a part of a loving community and would have his or her crap together, would ever do such a thing, of course. But... Well, but, but, but sort of running in circles here. People that, um, you know, are psychologically so damaged um, and driven by malevolence, I I don't necessarily know um, what the next step is other than, I mean, gosh, you you know, there are background checks required for this stuff, but I I feel sort of heinous or or nervous saying it on on like our, our little podcast here in the state of Texas, but like, I really do. I really do think there needs to be much, much stricter law uh, restrictions on people owning guns. Period. I, I just, I, I don't know what else, the, what the solution, other solution there is. And, you and know? Jeremy, I, and how, and like the manufacturing of guns. So, so, Why are so many gu- well, of these guns made? Hold on, Austin. So I, I want to ask you something specific. Sure. Because I, I don't. I mean, my dad owns guns for hunting, that sort of thing. I don't like that's sure. that's just not me. I like you know I. 
I don't know. They kind of freak me out, you know, that sort of thing. Right. But he, here's what I'm going to say. I totally agree with Hunter that, you know, it, it should be harder, you know, to procure firearms, right? And again, we're not using the, um, no. the Sutherland Springs as I'm an not. example. I'm it's not. such an outlier. So it should be harder to procure firearms. If there are stricter laws put in place, why would that impact someone like you who has guns or someone like my dad who has guns because if, if they're law-abiding citizens who are using it for sport or for hunting or even collecting why yeah, would just, be, why would just an that, extra sure. step well because them. it's not going to stop the bad guys i mean i think that's 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 it's, the reality but, but of it what i mean it sounds like because it does well let's boogeyman argument is used all the time no this is not a boogeyman argument let's let's think about the two civilians that stepped up when law enforcement was not there and stop this guy with yeah, their yeah. own AR-15s. No, I'm serious. This, this I know. guy, I know. Is, you know, he stepped up and, and hit the shooter. I mean, this guy went in, loaded up his gun, he went out and he stopped what was happening. This guy could have done more had that not happened. So it, this, it, this, is a, this is a pro-con argument that I think ultimately, if you're going to argue that you need to take away freedom from people, you've got to make it a much better argument than what gun control advocates have been putting forth so far. I know. I guess, I guess it just, it, it seems... This is, this is a word, the word I'm going to use is obviously coming from um, my own politics. But Which are very the, far right, by the way. <laughs> very, very far right. I, I, I have to get up yeah, and leave I a make, room 100, 100 talks politics. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like, like, I, I like, make Mitch McConnell look like a, no, you know, no, a Woodstock you, hippie. You make John Birch blush. I don't even know what that is. Uh, is that, yeah. uh, the John Birch Society? Oh, gosh. All right. Yeah, you're Never speaking mind. to... Uh, <laughs> yeah. Do they wear white hoods? <laughs> no, they do not wear white hoods. Those are Southern Democrats, remember? <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. It's true. Um, anyways, no, the John Birch Society, if you go back, you know, like Goldwater, like those days, the like old-timey conservatives from the... Yeah, anyway. long, long time ago. Anyway, no, what I was going to say is that, um, you know, the biggest holdup to more aggressive uh, gun laws is... The that 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 is the Second Amendment, it's, right? It's that, and not no. It's 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 more than that. It's that guns are affixed to the concept of freedom, and that that sucks because um, because of how many people are killed every year by guns. Like it, it sucks bec- that you know that problem seems sort of in it, because guns are intractably tied to freedom, right? To right the rights that you have, it is such, and this is the word I was going to use before, it is such a distraction from the problem. Yeah, well, I mean, I think guns are, are guns are a means to defend oneself. And if you're not, if you can't defend yourself against uh, your neighbor or someone else who wants to do you harm or, or a tyrannical government, one is, or are you really free? Um, I, I think you're right. The American concept of freedom is invariably tied to the ownership of firearms. Um, and, and I might add, just working in the field that I do, that the vast number, I mean, the vast majority of gun deaths in the United States are carried out by suicide. I mean, they're, they're, they're people with guns who want to kill themselves. They're not people with guns who want to kill other people. I don't necessarily think that negates an important no, discussion. No, no, you're right. But uh, Prohibiting a lot of people from owning them. Right. But it's, it's, it's but almost like... That's not like, okay either. No, but it's, but it's almost like, you know, I mean, I, I don't know. It should I, not I, be I don't so know. easy and accessible for people to do that. Well, right, but we, I mean, but people can walk into a Walgreens and buy a bottle of aspirin and kill themselves just as easily as they can if they buy a gun. You know what? I mean, I'll take my chances with that then. Yeah. Uh, well, but uh, again... Let's, okay, then, then let's at least deal with the aspirin problem when it happens. <laughs> you know, like, I, I, I mean, I say that 
in, in some jests. But I mean, it, it's like I don't need a, I don't need a um, I don't need a slippery slope argument. No, but you, but you know what? What is so interesting? You know, and this is a kind of a self-aware observation I made myself while I was on the way over here thinking about this conversation we'd be having. Is the arguments against guns are almost like the arguments against drugs? Right, the people, the 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 so okay. the libertarians arguing for drug legalization sound a lot like the same people that are you know like the the lifetime NRA members that are arguing against gun control because it's not going to stop the problem of gun violence. Number one, number two, it's um, it's antithetical to what we believe freedom to be, especially as it pertains to the Second Amendment. So, um, being someone who's against drug legalization. Right, I mean, from a mental health perspective, I, I reflexively revolt at any sort of idea. So even even down to marijuana, because uh, of the because of the adolescents and population I work with, um, I do think it is interesting how those arguments are so similar. I don't know if you guys observe that as well, but I, I never thought of it. Um, I had neither. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I. Uh, I, I don't have the brain power right now. To, to, to <laughs> like, like I just don't to, to lump in drug legalization with, um, I don't know. Like, I, I'm, I'm very that was impressive how you definitely tied those two together. But I, I, it seems that seems very divergent at the moment. I, I don't know. I it's can we get back to trying to come up with a sensible discussion about what to do about guns? What are what? Can I ask? Let me ask you this. Okay. Yeah. So this is definitely rooted in ignorance, but I. But and not so much common sense. But the the question has occurred to me: Why is it that people need to own more than one? Um, like I, I okay, I get. I no, understand hey. freedom. I understand the freedom of it all. Because if you can, because if you can own no, no, more no, no, than no. one fishing that, rod, you can own, own more than one. That's gun. a very good question. But I, it seems it, th- as that, a that seems to be like a problem. I own more than one. Right. Um, I have a shocked. No, I have. Well, hold on. Well, in, in most of these have been gifts. I, I'm I, looking I, at I two just, of them right now, Jeremy. <laughs> Dude, you, you flatter me. Yeah, the I, kettlebell workout you're doing. <laughs> it's, so, it's showing, man. Anyway, you have uh, two. So. Yeah, so I, I have no. I've I have more than two. I probably have four or five. When I think about it, I've got. So what's that about? They're for different different purposes. I think so. I have a hunting rifle. It's a dedicated hunting rifle. I have a little 22 that it's target practice. Um, my. Girlfriend, she had never really shot guns before I met her, and and she really enjoyed it. And it wasn't; it's a small caliber. I don't want to give her the big, the big caliber. She, it's hard for her to hold All recoil. Right, but these everything. don't necessarily seem like the best reasons to have more than one gun. Well, right, but like the idea hold on, a, but uh, all right. The but, idea that you have a gun for target practice. Yeah, well, you have a gun for tar- oh sure, you have a gun for target practice. I mean, you're going to target practice with the bigger guns, but the but it just. It why? just depends on what you're on what you're is doing. Is this a stupid question for me to ask? Why? No, no, target it, practice. No, it's it's a different. No, it's a but why different do you have to kind take of target practice. So if well, you hunt. I, I, I can answer that. So, real quick. so, so if you so, so you start out on a twenty two, right? That's a small caliber. You go up to maybe a two forty three. Then you go up to maybe a, a two seventy, which is a larger caliber. You, you work your way up. So if, that if, is if a if stupid you're, question for me to ask. Then if that was if that's like the traditional way you do it, what if you weren't allowed to own those, but you could only rent them at a facility and use them at a facility? Uh, so trains, so I, you I didn't have I've, them all in your home. I've rented, I've rented guns before. It's not all scrapped out to me. So I, I just mean my, my, my point yeah. is that this would be maybe I, I get I I cannot purport to be an so, expert in any of this. Yeah, but so, if so, these guns were look, if these guns were were only to be used at a facility in which you did target practice, then you could not take them and you could not have them in your home. Right. So then you'd only own maybe one gun. That seems to be. Kind of sensible, right. but but what happens when somebody breaks into your house and you need it to defend yourself and your property? No, but then you have the gun. The gun. Okay, so you're saying you you would limit people to one gun at home. 
I'm trying to be kind of open-minded here, guys. <laughs> like, you, you know, if I had my druthers, sure. the, you know, I'd made, wave some magic wand. So, you know what? There's you no know point what? having This kind of reminds me of uh, back in the, the late 90s when Randy Johnson was traded to the Astros. They asked him. Wow, I, you made an Astros yes. reference out of this. I'm, I'm but, really impressed. But, this but, is... it, but it, 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 it's kind of interesting because they were asking, somebody brought up the question of guns to him. And his, his, his yeah, it, it was totally what context? His, his response was, I don't need a gun because I sleep with a bucket of baseball right next to my bed and I could throw 100 miles an hour. So if we could so, all be Randy Jones. All right, it's kind right, of humorous, right. But, but why, why necessarily? Like, why not a baseball bat? Why not a taser? Well, the, because I the mean, argument is that the, ba- that the boogeyman argument is just that bad guys have guns. Bad guys have guns. And so I, will, I will tell you that the market for illegal firearms right now is it's high. I mean, I, I, yeah. I, I work in a, I work in a, in a population full of, full of prisoners. I mean, I say prisoners, they're residents, inmates, whatever you want to call them. And the, the thinking process for them to make a decision to commit a crime, whether it be a robbery or something else, it, it's much different than, um, you know, what you and I would think about if we were to do something like that. And so it, I, I personally, I'm, and I know this from working with people who work in the justice system, all of us have a gun. <laughs> It's just that kind of it's just that kind of environment when you work around these people and you know how how they think. Why do we why do we leave off a, a, my my point about why can't we why can't we just limit it to one gun? Why can't we limit it to one gun? I mean, I understand I, the I'd freedom, say, the freedom experience. Be, all right, well, so is what if what if I, I what if somebody? So I'll, I'll say it real quick. From my dad who hunts, so he has a different gun for hogs. He has a different gun for deer. Right. He has a different gun for birds because you're not going to use you know a deer rifle. Right, and I'm for, telling you right now, I don't care because these things kill people. Okay, but just people that like, like I mentioned earlier, people partic- participating in the sport, right? You have to go through an extra. You have to get an extra license. Can we? To. When can we get past this? When can we get past the discussion about sport? Like that also seems to be a huge distraction from people killing themselves with guns and people killing other people with guns, right? That also is this like cloud that hangs over the whole thing that um, obfuscates from from the argument, like. It's exasperating to talk about. L- l- let me ask you a question. Why, why aren't we having a conversation about van rentals right now? Why aren't we having a conversation you don't about... You have to tie it to the, to, no, to the guy no, no. who drove in New York City. No, it's not New York City, but, but what about Nice, France? I mean, what, what, when are we going to have a conversation about... Okay, because uh, you know why, Jeremy? Because, because one is he uses a means of transportation no, 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 and transport that, goods. Okay, okay there, but, there's but, that. But, no, I also was going to say because they don't kill nearly so many people as guns do. I don't know. That and was... That's not even close. Okay, but... And well, also, no, we're but... Talking <laughs> about, Jeremy, no, but this also is well, an American problem this we're talking about. Right, but we're focusing on the means. These guns don't get up in the morning and say, man, I want to kill a bunch of people today. There's someone behind it just like there's someone behind the wheel of that van that killed what 80 plus people in france i mean because we tried already jeremy because this country has tried already to address the problem of the people by having background checks right and and doubly on top of doing even more apparently extensive background checks that are required and more due diligence by people and it failed no right i was gonna say in addition to that they're also has to be more restrictions on the means. It has to be done in both areas. I don't know. I, I, I really don't I, don't. I don't think that's going to fix the problem. And I think that that's just one more step to the, the goal from progressives in you know, a complete ban on all guns. Would which, your life which, which, change significantly? Yeah, it would. I, I, wouldn't, I would not feel as safe. I wouldn't feel as safe, not to mention the I mean, entire conception... Of what it means to be 
of what it means to be a free citizen would change. Absolutely. So I get. I I, I don't own guns. I don't fear right. for my life. I mean, I I live in an apartment. I deadbolt the door sometimes. Well, yeah. But like I, I I think if guns were taken away, I have you ever had to use a gun from someone intruding in your home? No, but I've oh, had. God fi- forbid no. you would ever. Have. I was gonna say, but but that's man, that seems like a. That seems like a privilege but, to not to not have to not not yourself need to use that's one. That's not the argument. Yeah, I was going to say. But no, I'm but, saying, though, but, would your life radically change? Your day to day life radically change? That's not, not the own. point. That's not the point. This is a, this is not a this is not a convert. This is not about creature comforts. This is about freedom, and this is about what are your rights as an individual. I, know, I hate I and hate, I hate I so much. Hate of that freedom. Is, I know. Well, I definitely hate <laughs> you freedom. Hate freedom. I hate freedom. Liberals hate freedom. They do. It's true. I do. Um, no, I just, it just, man, does it suck? You know what? That, that, you, I, I, I tell you what would fix, what would help this problem if we brought back more draconian, um, if a, a more draconian means of taking care of people who need mental health care. And I'm talking about uh, before we deinstitutionalize the mentally ill. Um, and that yeah. happened in the 1980s under the Reagan administration and even previous administrations before that. Um, we we have a problem with people who are dangerous, who slip through the cracks. Trust I me, I, 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 I worked, I worked I in an intensive care no, psych but, but, unit. But, but also, psych no, one, no one would no there, no one but no one would disagree with that, right? And I agree. I, I this guy should have been in an institution. I know. I don't. That's why I don't want to use this guy's. This guy's well, so, this guy use the biggest shooter, for D- example, Dylan Roof, who we know nothing know, about. We don't know anything right. about that. He has no social media profile. We don't know anything about a potential motive. Use him as an example because we, we don't know anything about that guy. Yeah, and all indications were that he was not the type of person that, who would do this. He was a gambler. But 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 also what was I mean yeah. It's I, I that, think a lot. That, I was just say I, I think there's a perfect the, example of a guy who I wish only owned one gun. Sure, but again, I I'm I'm still at we're still asking questions about that guy. I mean there. There, are, there are so many inconsistencies in the in the accounts of what happened. I mean, me, I, I think he right, was the shooter. Qu- but I have another it's, question it's, then. I have another question then. Why? Why is it that? Um, I mean, this more as a principle, not as a tangible reality, because I don't know what the process for making this kind of thing illegal is. But I imagine it seems impossible because you can't like outlaw a business. But why is it that semi-automatic weapons are being made? Semi-automatic is one shot per trigger pool. So, right, but then this guy put right. the bump stock on it. Right, I, I don't care. Like, Which he he would have. Right, fine. Why are hold we on. why are we making AR fifteens? He would have. Well, because it's. <laughs> why are we not making AR fifteens? That's the question. This guy would have killed more people if he had not used the bump stock. By far. Fine. He, he would have been. Why a are we much, making that? He would make. He, no, I no, just no. don't understand why any of this stuff is allowed to be manufactured. Because what, like, like, why do we make big car engines? Why do we, why do we make anything? I mean, it has a purpose. There's a market. There's a because you have a right to do it, right? And, and, and that, that seems to be right. I, just, I guess what what was the central point of the the cyclical conversations we're having? Yeah, is that I think that 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 guns need to be exempt from any discussion about freedom because they seem to be so central to the way people are killed in this country. So when a gun can take away the freedom of another person, does that impact anything in your mind? Get, can, it, just as easily as a car can. Like, just as, like this, we're, we're, we are focusing on the wrong but thing. You cannot legislate human nature. A car nature. is not constitutionally just, protected. The, 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 none of these things aren't the same, a car and, uh, and a gun. Or, or, or what about a bag of fertilizer? Is that the same? I mean, what, what about going no, to the hardware store? No, not the same. No, okay, right. Guns are singular. It de- no, depending on who you ask, I, I, I right. don't go when when I go out when I go out and I want to shoot a buck. I don't think, man, I, I want to knock off some people while I'm at it. 
Never, never goes through my mind at all, nor would it any sane gun owner. Just like the same person, just like uh, somebody who gets in a car accident doesn't get into their car thinking, I want to get in a car accident and kill a bunch of people in a church van. Doesn't happen, right? People who want to do, people who want to commit mass murder are going to find a way to do it. Again, I'm also not even focusing on the mass no. murder at this point either. I'm just thinking about, you know, the, the kind of gun violence that happens in domestic disputes. I'm thinking about the suicide that you mentioned before. I don't think that's okay either. Like, uh, you know, it, it's a, it, oftentimes suicide numbers are brought up to challenge gun violence numbers, right? I, I, don't, I don't think it should discredit this discussion at all, you know, that... It's become, I, I'm, I'm trying to find the right words to it so I don't either sound um, offensive, but it, it's, it, it has become so damn impulsive and instinctive to reach for a gun for all kinds of things in this country. And I understand that that is a part of the freedom to do so. No, but, and but, I, th- this is actually something, so it's interesting you say that, and, and that's kind of what my question about the cultural changes that have occurred, yeah. you know, over the last, because if you, if you go back in, for, for better or for, for worse, thinking about how society's changed, if you go back to when our parents were growing up, this stuff was not ever really, I mean, these things just didn't happen. No, but gun violence still was one of the leading, like, killers of people in this country. Well, right, but you would never have... You would never see someone going to a church. Or I, agree, a school I agree with and that. I, again, I'm yeah, trying to say, try to stay is... away from the, from mass shootings because okay, the, okay, this is something that, that Austin basically brought up earlier. But the the only that's the right way to put this. The most valuable part of discussing mass shootings is actually to revisit the entire issue of gun ownership. I think and gun control. It's not because I I, I really don't have a clear idea of how to prevent mass shootings. Because there definitely seems to be, every time there is a new mass shooting, we discover all these other like unexpected ways that the person either acquired the gun or was influenced to acquire the gun. You know that that, that seem almost case by case. So I don't. I'm trying to get more at the central issue of just that. I don't know that we live in a country where reaching for a gun, um, it's it just seems much more. Yeah impulsive, instinctive, ritualistic as an answer to all kinds of things. I and I, and, and I, I don't think it's irrelevant to therefore discuss the availability of them, the manufacturing of them, that there are so many of them that there are more guns than people, right? I, I guess you would have to qualify that statement that it's become instinctive to reach for a gun. You know, I don't, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but if, if I go into an argument with my neighbor, you made the argument my, my earlier. First... But you made the argument earlier about when somebody breaks into my home, I want to be able to protect myself. Well, yeah, if someone breaks into my home, but, I, I, but hold on, but th- but that's an issue of self defense. That, that, then that, that's but why. I, but I, how, I guess I'm 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 wondering how I'm protecting life, life and property. Those are two sacred other right. things. Yeah, I mean, but what, I'm, what, I'm asking more about the practicality of what the whatever that circumstance might be that you're in, like the danger that you're in. Right? How come? How come? How come it's, it's, it's so assumed that when you feel in danger in your home, that the danger that is being posed is when where you are required to have a gun to defend yourself? Well, I, I guess that, that's, that question kind of answers itself. From, if, if you're anyone that has been in a situation where urban violence is a problem, if you've ever been in a situation where uh, you've been held 
um, when you've been when your life has been at stake. Uh, yeah, it's it is a it is a means to defend yourself and a means to an end. That end being, if someone's breaking into my home, they're committing a crime, they're violating my property, potentially threatening my life. It is going to be me over them. You're you're you're. You're, you're basically what you're telling me is guns shouldn't be your go-to means of self-defense. Yeah, and I'm saying I'm unsure. I'm not why? saying you shouldn't. I'm unsure about it. Okay, I do. Th- I'm unsure about it. And, and, well, and I'm not. <laughs> yeah, I I would no. That's I. Yeah. My uh, I I can't I can't think of you know we were talking about law-abiding citizens disarming them in the name of you know uh, your intentions are not good enough for me. Your good intentions aren't good enough. The world does not operate on good intentions. It operates on, you know, the only, the, you know, I, I forget it was George Orwell, but he said the only reason you have freedom is because there are men willing to do violence on your behalf in the middle of the night with guns. I mean, I, I think we forget that we live in sort of a brutal world and a fallen world, but I'm, I, I'm, not, I'm not satisfied with good intentions. Because the bad guys out there, the kind of guys that I work with, and I'm not impugning my clients at all, <laughs> but um, I understand. I mean, you've, good, you've been exposed to people yeah. with, uh, oh, and it, it, but it's but it's not just I've been exposed to it. I've never been a victim of it. I talk to victims of crime all day, and I'll, and I'll, I'll I mean, I could go on about this for a long time. I talk to victims of crime all day because all of the all of the perpetuators of crime are, are inevitably victims of some kind of crime, which is you know something interesting I found, but. But basically to say, I, I'm, I'm, I need more than intentions and um, promises if you're going to promise a quote-unquote safer world without guns where they're not required to defend yourself. Yeah. All right, l- let's wrap it up on this, Austin. Uh, I, I wanted to... Uh, no, I'll, I'll posit one more thing that, that I, I've thought about either since I've... You know, just mainly because I, since I moved here to, to Houston... Uh, after growing up in New York City, and um, Jeremy, mm-hmm. one thing that that really—I don't want to use the word fascinate. One thing that really, I actually, I would say, makes me uncomfortable in all these discussions about the uh, the importance of gun ownership and self-defense is that implicitly, it it. It implies something that I think distinctly characterizes the difference between people who are in favor of gun ownership and are not. And it's that if you are in favor of gun ownership, you are agreeing and saying that you are comfortable with shooting, with shooting somebody, right? Now, you, now I understand that you, 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 you said... I was going to say, yeah. I know, I'm it's not, a scenario of self-defense. Right. I know, I know, I, I get it. And, and it could be a scenario that potentially is life-threatening, Right. So, and that those are the scenarios in which you're comfortable doing it. You're comfortable raising a gun and shooting somebody. Comfortable is the wrong word to use. Comfortable, you know, I, when, I, when I think of, of the young men, you know, uh, Veterans Day was just yesterday, right? Um, and I think of the young men that were drafted and went off to fight in the First World War, the Second World War, Vietnam, uh, the young men who volunteered to go to Iraq and Afghanistan. And I, I think of the, uh, the veterans I know that have either taken life or been pretty sure they have. It's not a matter of comfort. It's a matter of necessity. And that's, that's the difference. This is, I don't, you know, when, when I think about, and I, I think anyone who has a gun use it and wants to use it for self-defense, should that situation ever arise, 
um, you never think about what do I want to do? What, is, what am I comfortable with? I, the, the, the thing I'm least comfortable with is the idea of shooting another human being that intends to do me harm. And, and I guess my experience is complicated by the fact that I know, I, I'm, I work around people who have, commit, who have committed crimes, and so I know that there's a human face you know, in every violent criminal, there's, there's, there's a human side to them. So I know that if I ever had to do that, it would be difficult and not comfortable. And it would only be because I'm, I'm in an act of self-defense, not, not at all with any sort of thrill or glee or anything like that. No, fine. All right. We're, we're getting, I didn't mean it to be so semantical. You are willing, you're, you're willing to shoot somebody. And that, that to me, uh, I think it's really weird. I, I can't find another word for it. I, I understand that. I, I can't disagree with, with, with the arguments you just made. But it, it, just, it just seems weird that um, so, so with such popularity. So l- l- let me ask you. What would, so, if, so let's say there, there, there's some scenario. And I, I've been to your apartment before. I don't see anyone breaking in. But let, let's say that someone Whatever, does. put me somewhere else. Okay, I, I'm, all right. So, so let's say you're... Like whatever. Uh, I'm on a road trip. And you're I on a road like a trip and, and, someone, and yeah. someone breaks in. Yeah. And you've got, you've got nothing. Right. And let's say in another scenario, someone breaks in and you, you have maybe not a gun, maybe like a golf club, right? Something to defend yourself with. Right. In each of those scenarios, what do you do? I defend myself. You defend yourself, right? Yeah. Whether it's with your fists or with that golf club, yes. right? Yes. Right. So a gun is just a more efficient means to defend yourself. There, there's no way to tell. I mean, you, you could swing. You, you, might, you might not be Tiger Woods, but I, I imagine you're a big guy. You can swing that golf club pretty well, right? And you might hit that guy. You might kill that guy. You can kill somebody with a golf club. Easy. You can kill somebody with your own hands. That's right. You can kill somebody with your own hands. So why does the means... Why does the mean? Why do we get hung up on on what people use to defend themselves? Only because so oftentimes it is involved in crimes where they are not defending themselves. Right, and I, I I agree with you. But I mean, any number of things are. I mean, we have not any number of things. Oh, this sure. Happen- no, not I- any number of things. This is go back to the van thing. All right, Austin, bring <laughs> us out. So I've been out of this conversation for like, what, 20 minutes? Yeah, Austin, I, did you fall asleep? <laughs> hey, this was such a good conversation. You should no, have jumped in. It was. I, I was actually really fascinated uh, by the discussion, but I, I think I'm sort of in the middle on this. I, I don't know which. I see, I see arguments for both sides, and, and I think that it, it's better for our listeners to hear the conversation and discussion between Jeremy, who's clearly on one side of the fence, and Hunter, who's clearly on the other side of the fence, um, I, I, I thought the discussion was fascinating, and I, I'm, I'm glad that you know you made a point to bring it up last week on the podcast. I'm glad that we did discuss it this week. And it's probably not going to be the last time that we discuss it. I mean, it, it's been a long time since I think we've discussed gun control. I think the last time that we discussed it with this intensity was what first 20 episodes of the podcast, yeah, something, yeah, something like that. Yeah. But uh, it, that, that's sort of why we wanted to talk a little sports first, to sort of lighten the mood we've lost by the way every, any, everybody say, who's listening through those right. first 20 minutes of this podcast yeah. just, hey mom just, hey dad <laughs> <laughs> and Wayne LaPierre I hope you're proud <laughs> no it's funny I hope you guys are sleeping over at my apartment when the zombie apocalypse breaks out um, you'll be that's very that's a totally different scenario oh <laughs> no it is absolutely not Austin it's gonna happen don't you worry but no, I, I've I got I've got plenty I disagree I hope you guys are with me <laughs> when it does not happen and none of these things happen, and we're all okay. Fair enough. 
Well, uh, Hunter, uh, you know, since we have transitioned into basketball season, uh, you know, we haven't really talked. You did some great work with the, uh, the Chronicle covering. Uh, yeah, this is, I, this is where what, I pimp myself out. All right. You can follow me at Hunter Atkins 35 on Twitter. I'll be coming out the day after Thanksgiving. I should have a really f- kind of strange, unexpected story about a certain element of fashion in the NBA. That's what I'm going to be writing you about. talk to Westbrook. No, I did not talk to Westbrook. No, it's, a, it's, about, it's about how these guys dress bef- um, when they are warming up, particularly. Interesting. Yeah, they, they dress pretty strangely. So anyway, that'll be, there's, there's that. I'm covering some games. Um, Jonathan Fagan is the exceptional beat writer of the Houston Rockets for the Houston Chronicle. Uh, please follow him. And uh, other than that. No, I, I, I'm actually I'm sad that baseball season's over as well. Austin, I had a good time covering it, but just about two and a half months until pitchers and catchers report. I know, dude, and Jeremy cannot days. wait. You know, you know what we should. Jeremy all do? right now is, is oh, wearing. Jeremy right now is wearing waiting a, with bated breath, <laughs> wearing a Houston Astros hat and a Houston Astros shirt with matching shorts. You know, you know what I'm going to throw out here. I'm that just, was completely incidental, by the way. I did not coordinate that. <laughs> We didn't think it just runs through your blood so thoroughly now that it's instinctive for you for you to dress in Astros colors. You know what we should do? We should do a weekly brew podcast from West Palm Beach next year. I'll be there. I think that'd be fun. Go down to Astros Spring Training. What would the experience be like for the podcasters, Austin? I mean, for the for the listeners, it would, it would just be. But I'm saying you could lie. Like we could easily. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we could just do this. We could I say was... right now we're in West Palm Beach. How do you make? How do you? How do you make that payoff for listeners? We do it via video. Okay, well then we'd have to yeah, Facebook Live or Yeah, it right. Could be fun. So we'll so, see just how few listeners we have. Well <laughs> see, we should have stopped recording and talked about this amongst ourselves. Because I think Hunter's idea makes much more sense. But <laughs> now but now listeners without a Facebook Live video are gonna be like, Wait, where are you guys? Fair enough. So we'll discuss that when we get closer <laughs> to March and uh, spring training. But uh, so follow Hunter at Hunter Atkins thirty five on Twitter. Some great stuff. Coming up on the uh, the Chronicle. And uh, Jeremy, what do you have coming up this week? Oh, flying away to a foreign <laughs> land. Yeah, where, where are you going? Uh, going to Greece. Nice. Any, right? Are you going with anyone? I, I think you. And then I, th- I think your roommate is going to... We're packing him away in the uh, luggage bin. Yeah. yeah. Like the greaser in Ocean's Eleven. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we, we are going with nine people total. There's actually one spot left hey, why on the Airbnb. People don't care about this. Why are you talking about your trip to Greece? Hold on. There's one spot left on the Airbnb. I need you to sell it to Hunter right now that he needs to take that We've spot. We've discussed this. I cannot go because I must go to Orlando to be with my vegetating, wilting, depressing grandparents. Fair enough. I seem like an asshole. I now. have to go. <laughs> I, want, I openly do not want to go to Thanksgiving with my family. I want to go to Greece and rub myself in cocoa butter and suntan with you guys. Or have you guys rubbed me down with cocoa butter and suntan with me? I would, gosh, you took the words right out of my mouth. Um, the the, the king size bed that we have is going to be really empty without you. Just saying. <laughs> On that note, uh, Jeremy and I will be podcasting somewhere from Europe. Uh, you got, you guys are going to do a podcast? We are. We oh, are. Right? Gonna, yeah, we are. Podcast equipment. How yeah. are the listeners going to know? <laughs> Snapchat. Okay. Austin's going to go into a shop in Amsterdam and. Yes. Get buzzed. Uh, absolutely. But uh, gonna drop tabs. thanks again for the discussion today, guys. Uh, it was really enjoyable. And if you want to follow our work, you can uh, follow us at Weekly Brewcast. Just search Weekly Brewcast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Also, subscribe to the website, weeklybrewcast.com. You're listening to The Weekly Brew. After a week full of NFL games, it's time to break it all down with the NFL Network's Taylor Bashotti on Taylor's Top Takeaways. 
Now, it's been a few weeks since we've had uh, Taylor Vashadi on for Taylor's Top Takeaways. And uh, Taylor, it's, it's been really hectic here in Houston what seems like the past month. I mean, obviously, we all had Astros fever, uh, went out to L.A. a few weeks ago, uh, but we haven't had the chance uh, to you know, sit down and actually podcast together. So uh, I know, you know, I've first off, thanks. For- <laughs> I've definitely missed our podcast, and I have to say congratulations on the amazing series. It was quite a series to watch. Yeah, it was so much fun, so much fun to be out there, and uh, definitely glad to have you back. We know we tried to get you out to the game; it didn't work out, but uh, I still have an Astros hat for you. Oh my gosh, I love it! I love it. Well, congratulations to you guys. Um, it was an awesome series. I have to say, the last game was kind of disappointing. So I think that you would be glad that you went to the one that was second to last so um and then you went to someone in houston as well yeah it's definitely definitely a great experience but uh outside of that like i said it's been about a month since we've chatted with you what's going on um there's a lot going on i feel like um what a crazy season this has been especially like with injuries deshaun watson's out i think that we spoke right after that um that's crazy um another crazy had like a storyline to me that's going on this season is the vikings I don't oh know gosh, if yeah, anybody thought that two. Teddy Bridgewater, first of all, that they would be at 7-2 right now. Second of all, Sam Bradford's out for the season. Case Keenum comes in and just has an incredible, incredible season so far. Not only that, now they have Teddy Bridgewater back, which nobody even thought that that would possibly even happen this season. Now that he's back, it's kind of like, what do you do? You can't bench Case Keenum when he's having such an incredible year, especially when he's about to play his old team, the Rams, this coming weekend. So I think that that's very interesting, and I don't know how how you would deal with it except to keep Case Keenum in. Um, head coach Mike Zimmer said today that he wasn't going to name his starter until tomorrow. So if I had to guess, I would say you've got to keep Case Keenum in. He just threw four touchdowns last weekend. Um, he's had an incredible season, and I just feel like it would be a little – it wouldn't feel right benching him after he's done so well. And also Teddy Bridgewater hasn't played in two years. I don't know if you can expect him to go out there and play to that quality. Yeah, and Case Keenum is a guy that a lot of our listeners are probably familiar with. Uh, you know, played at the University of Houston, set so many records. But this year, I mean, he's completed, what, 65% of his passes, nearly 2,000 yards, QB rating over 92. Uh, you know, this is kind of surprising to me because he was a guy that was undrafted, didn't really play that well when he got his chance in, in Houston, did okay for the Rams, but, you know, ultimately they went with Jared Goff. But, I mean, how surprising is it to see what he He's done this year. Yeah, no, it's totally, totally shocking. I definitely de- did not see it coming. I think that it would be really cool, and I think it would be the first time ever for uh, a team to play in their city, in their stadium for the Super Bowl. So think if they made it to the Super Bowl, they would make history alone by just playing in their hometown. Now, I, I want to stick with the NFC for a minute because, you know, that division, uh, you know, the Vikings are leading it, but uh, the Packers and Lions are still on the heels, uh, you know, just on the outside looking in right now. But another surprise team for me, at least in the NFC, uh, it's got to be twofold. Uh, first, you've got the Saints at 7-2. and two, Then you've got the Eagles at 8-1. and one. I mean, both of these teams struggled last year, uh, and now they're in the thick of the playoff race. The Saints are definitely up there. Drew Brees, I think he had... Let's see, the Saints last weekend, they had more rushing yards than any team has in the last 30 years. I think it was some crazy stat like that. It was unbelievable. What I think is great is that they're not even having, they are relying on Drew Brees in some way. He had a rushing touchdown last last game, but 
their their run game is just so so strong yeah it, it's kind of fun to watch but you know they've also been doing it on the defensive side of the ball as well you know said starting what zero and two on the season they've just really turned it around but it, it seems like to me there's a huge disparity between the nfc and the afc this year i mean it looks like all the teams in the nfc playoff picture i couldn't all agree have more and let's talk about wins. the rams the rams yeah, look exactly. incredible um <laughs> and talk they, about a they turnaround blew out yeah, and they blew out our Texans uh, this past week. <laughs> I'm sorry uh, about that. But but, yeah, but Jared Goff looks, you know, like a completely different quarterback. This he year. really does, and I think that you can credit Sean McVay for that. I think that he's just really playing to his strengths and kind of building the offense around around Jared and what he knows that he can do, which is moving quickly. They're getting up to the line of scrimmage really fast, and again, they're just playing to Jared's strengths. I mean. They've got a lot of offensive weapons as well, and Todd Gurley, Cooper Cup, Robert Woods. They look like a very solid team. I'm excited. It's 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 really fun to kind of have a great team in LA. Um, you can tell that fans are just all of a sudden getting super excited about it, which is something that I don't think that we've really seen that much of, or at least since I've been living here in the short amount of time that I have. So uh, I love it. I think remarkable to see what McVay has done with that team. And I, th- I think they have to be, uh, you know, one of the favorites in the NFC. They've got such Absolutely. an explosive offense. And of course, the Eagles and Rams play here in a few weeks. And the Seahawks. I think it's like, uh, for me, it's like, I'm like, this is going to be an interesting battle between the Rams, the Seahawks, and the Eagles. Those are my three that I'm like, wow. So if you're handicapping one right now, who do you think comes out of the NFC? Oh, I don't know. This is tough. It, I want to <laughs> say the Rams or the Eagles. But then again, the Seahawks beat the Rams. I really don't know. I think it's going to all depend on which teams can stay healthy at this point. Not only that, but you got to think home field advantage plays a factor as well. Yeah. If, uh, you know, the Seahawks can somehow move up into the top two seeds. But uh, looking over to the AFC, uh, it, it, again, it seems like there's just not as much depth. It seems like there's really three teams at the top, but I, I'm not sure that I buy Any the long-term them. success of all of them. I mean, you got the Steelers who sometimes they look good, sometimes they don't. Patriots. They're always going to be running, I feel like. They're always right. they always scare me because they come out hot when when they do, they're hard to stop. But it seems like you know, there've been so many injuries issues in the league in the, in, in the one team that seems to be kind of you know, getting past that since they lost, you know, their uh, defensive back at the start of the year was is the Kansas City Chiefs. They're six and three on the year. They're kind of uh, taking a slight back after that, uh, a slight step back after that hot start. But who do you look at in the AFC as you know the cream of the crop? I mean, I would just I would have to go with the Steelers just because I think that their experience and Big Ben just knows he he knows how to win. He can find ways to win. I think that. Once it comes down to the playoffs, they're going to bring their A game. And what about the Patriots? It seems like you know Brady, Belichick. They're just yeah, that's a hard one to go against too. Yeah, yeah, but but they started they started so slow. You know, it was one and two start, easily could have been zero and three. But you know now they're sitting here seven and two. Yeah, no, they're definitely in the hunt as well. Uh, I think that Rob Gronkowski and Tom Brady had a good good game that, uh, last weekend, and they looked like they finally kind of got their group back together. They're a great team. I mean, I don't really think that, again, that's another team where experience is just going to trump other teams' non-experience in this factor. And that's something with going back to the NFC. I think that at the end of the day, do you think that Jared Goff has the composure to hold his team throughout the playoffs against these teams that have veteran quarterbacks like Drew Brees? That, that's also a really good point because, you know, Goff is turn, you know, prone to turn the ball over. And in the playoffs, when you have one turnover, you, you know, say it goes mistakes. to a pick six, it becomes mental at that point. Right. And again, like that's where experience comes in, which I just think that that's something that you can't really 
you can't really fake. You either have it or you don't. And uh, speaking of if you either have it or you don't, the Texans do not have a quarterback right now. Uh, Tom Savage uh, not looking it like a good It makes you wonder. Fit. You know what? It's funny. It makes you wonder why did they start Tom Savage over Deshaun Watson this year? <laughs> I just I don't even understand that mentality after seeing the difference in play between these two quarterbacks. Yeah, that's something that we actually mentioned earlier in the show. I posed that question to both Hunter and and Jeremy. And and to me, that kind of, I don't know, it makes me question Bill O'Brien as a head coach. You know, if if he, from what we've seen on paper, Savage only has, you know, one touchdown pass in his career. Watson obviously had 19 during that miraculous stretch that he had. But it makes you question what kind of system Bill O'Brien actually wants. Is he fit for the job? And three and six right now, it's not looking good in Houston. It, it absolutely does. But by the same token, I do see his coaching approach of wanting to let Deshaun Watson kind of grow and develop a little bit before being thrust right. into the thrust into the spotlight without having any NFL experience. Um, I think that ideally any rookie would come in and be able to sit out and learn for a few games. But in this situation, it doesn't look like Deshaun Watson's a quarterback that really needed that. No, it, it was so so much fun to watch him play. And so I know, much uh, fun. It, and there's going to be so many really... amazing years ahead of, I mean, he's yeah, got a bright it, future. It was a little bit disappointing for uh, Houston fans because it was the day after the Astros won the World Series. I know. That, uh, fans <laughs> hey, found you out guys got the World ACL. Series, so... Yeah, exactly. So we were we were okay, but and you uh, have but, a really bright future, knowing that he's such a great quarterback. I mean, what an exciting quarterback to watch this season! Yeah, absolutely. And you know, speaking of the other AFC South teams, uh, a guy that we talked about over the summer, uh, Andrew Luck. We both, you know, speculated that he was, you know, whether or not he would play this season. Ultimately, he's not playing, and I guess he's going to Europe for treatment now on his shoulder. Is his career in jeopardy at this point? They seemed very adamant that it was not, that it was something that he is going to be able to come back from. They feel like they reiterated that so many times in the press conference. I would like to think that he's going to come back from it. Gosh, I just feel like they should have kind of had some had a better idea that it wasn't going to heal as quickly as they had once hoped or said it was going to. Um, I think that that was probably just mind messing with everyone. And so I think everybody's like, oh, when is he going to start? When is he going to start? Whereas if they kind of just said immediately from the get-go, we don't know if he's going to play at all this season. It's not looking good. I don't know. I mean, it kind of goes the same way. Can he take off a year and a half just like Teddy Bridgewater did? and come back and be a great quarterback. I don't know. I don't think anybody really knows the answer to that right now. Yeah, it's really unfortunate to see a talent like Andrew Luck, who just has all the intangibles, go through something like this. I mean, it, oh, it's, it, it's just it's kind of hard to watch. It is. It's so unfortunate, and you feel so bad for those players, and they're probably chomping at the bit to come back, too. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, kind of moving throughout the uh, the rest of the AFC, of course, the Jaguars and Titans uh, currently uh, locked in heat right now for the, uh, the the fourth and the fifth seed uh, for the playoff picture. Are you surprised that both of these teams are sort of in the playoff picture and leading the division at this point? I mean, ever since week, week three, we knew that the Jags looked really good. And without Marcus Mariota, it's amazing to see how different a tight, like the Titans team is with and without Marcus Mariota. I think that the Jags would be in a far better position if they had a stronger quarterback than Blake Bortles but the rest of the team is so solid that they're able to make up for it um those are both two great teams right now they're exciting to watch as well yeah especially on the defensive side of the ball for Jacksonville oh my gosh Saxonville (laughs) 
Jeez exactly, Louise. carrying that nickname. <laughs> uh, but when, but when you look at the rest of the AFC, there are a few teams that are in the hunt, and I, I, I don't know. I'm not really going to give the Dolphins or the Jets or the Bengals kind of credit, but it looks like the Raiders and the Ravens are still on the outside looking in right now. Do either of those teams have a shot to make the postseason? I think they both have a shot I don't know if those are really the teams at some point I think that it's like do you really want to make the playoffs if you know you're going to get beat early on or would you rather go in and get a higher draft pick um that's a million dollar question that I don't have the answer to if I don't think my team is going to go far I would kind of almost want the draft pick are you advocating that they tank no I'm not advocating that they tank of course not um I don't know (laughs) no comment (laughs) Totally fair. But uh, Taylor, you know, outside of the games, it, it seems like, you know, we, we spoke about this when you had you brought Scott on a few weeks ago, but it seems like, you know, this season, there have been so many more distractions off the field that have taken away from the conversation. I mean, we saw Papa John's insert themselves into the conversation. Ezekiel Elliott, one week he's suspended, the next day he's not. Uh, you know, Jerry Jones having this beef right now with Roger Goodell. What is going on with the NFL right now? I mean, it, it, to me, it, it, it's, it's, it's unfortunate. Like nothing I've ever I seen think before. that it's such an amazing sport and it's such a great sport that has so many positive factors to it and aspects of it. Um, it brings people together in so many different ways. It is an, it's an outlet for, for conversation to be sparked. And like we were kind of discussing, it's just, I hope that it's positive conversation and positive outcomes rather than people kind of feeding off of the negativity. I wish that people would focus more on the positive things that players do and teams do and how they impact their communities in a positive way rather than constantly focusing on the negatives. Yeah, I I, I, I agree with you. And I kind of wish that would, you know, happen. And, you know, for example, this past week we saw, you know, not necessarily a community impact story, but we saw kind of a, you know, a heartbreaking story with Marquise Goodwin, a former wide receiver at Texas and what he went through. Uh, And if our listeners aren't familiar, he, I guess, uh, lost a uh, a, a child prematurely uh, just hours before uh, the 49ers game. I think he had, what, like an 80-yard touchdown reception. Mm -hmm. Uh, Why are those stories, you know, being... Uh, not necessarily being yeah i mean why are those stories not being told it's beyond me and carson wentz and his story i think that there's each player and each team has so many different awesome stories about the character of these players and these teams and these organizations and i don't feel like it's highlighted enough and talked about enough and i feel like that's also our like as consumers that's our fault because for some reason we're just naturally drawn towards the negatives And we're naturally drawn towards talking about the things that are being talked about more. And that's because people like kind of focusing on the negativity of the league, the sport and whatnot. And I think that's just because it it has been such a successful sport that kind of people like to bring something that's on top down. I don't know. There's really no other way for me to describe it. I just I really I don't understand it. Let's talk about J.J. Watt, for example. Um, Look at how much positivity he look how many positives he did like i mean how much money did he raise at the end i think it's still going but yeah it was 37 million dollars. it's crazy and why are people not talking about that more than colin kaepernick for example i don't know i wish i had the answer (laughs) do you see that sort of changing uh you know coming up anytime soon or do you think you know ultimately fans are going to turn away for good i think it'll change i think that if you look at ratings i mean i think that maybe sunday night football might be down just a little bit and you know what that's just probably because of matchups uh thursday night football is already up exponentially i think that 
I mean, football will always be America's pastime to me. I love it. You love it. Um, it's become like part of American culture. Um, I don't know who doesn't love football, but, uh, you know, of course I wish that this wasn't going on and that this didn't deter fans from watching, but maybe it'll, maybe something positive can come from this in the way that it'll force teams and players to kind of talk about more of the positive things that they do. And maybe for, as like the media, for us to highlight more of the positive things going on rather than just focusing on the negatives. Yeah, and kind of speaking of that, I mean, you do that with your show, In Case You Miss It, All 32. I, I mean, what is that like for you just preparing for that show each uh, each time you produce it? I love it. So I go through all the team's websites, and I find the like awesome, unique stories of each team. And before this last episode, it's actually airing again tonight at 7.30 Pacific time, 10.30 Eastern. Yeah, I think I just did that math right. <laughs> but um, I love it. So we had like over an hour of just raw videos from the different teams that I wanted to put in there. And of course, we could only fit 20 something minutes in. And so we really had to cut it down. And it bummed me out because there's so many cool pieces that not only that not only focus on the positive things that these players do in their communities, but also just their fun personalities. There's so many good pieces and so many good stories that you would never really see because as a normal fan, you're probably not just going to every single team's website and digging through it. Right. So I love this show because it does it gives people a way to see all and highlight all the awesome players on the teams, great things that they do around their community, charity events, just how they give back to the community in general and fun pieces overall. Uh, I absolutely love the show. So for our listeners that might not have seen it yet, uh, when does the show typically air? There's a new episode on the second Saturday of every month, but then it also airs on different times after that. So like today is Tuesday and it'll air tonight. And then I'm not sure when it airs again next, except I know it aired on Sunday. They kind of just choose random times where there's openings to air it a few more times. Um, But if you don't get it on there, you can also go to NFL.com on the YouTube page and you can Google in case you missed it all 32. And also just go ahead and set your DVRs. It's the easiest way to do it, folks. So just go ahead (laughs) and set your DVRs on the NFL network. Uh, But again, we have I can't keep up with all the times either. So that's exactly how I do it. (laughs) And I also missed I'm going to be honest with you. I missed my own show on Saturday because I was watching college football because it was such a great slate of games. I could not steer away from that. So I don't blame you if you DVR it. (laughs) <laughs> well, it was it was you know quite the weekend in college football, and I know you mostly cover the NFL. But if you know, I, I do want to ask you, Georgia, they uh, are you know they did lose, but they still are in contention for the they SEC. They are, and but the it playoffs. was such a letdown. It just kind of makes <laughs> you a little bit more scared for that Alabama game because if they can't beat Auburn, it's not looking good against Alabama. <laughs> Anything can happen. But if you're picking right now, kind of a favorite for college football, I'm, I've been always it? go for Georgia. <laughs> All right. <laughs> It'll be biased. I know. Go Georgia Bulldogs. Well, I would say the same about Baylor, but they're one and nine at this point right now. So uh, there's not always looking next good for season. the Baylor Bears. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But again, we have uh, Taylor Bashotti from the NFL Network, and you can follow her online at Taylor Bashotti on our Twitter page. Uh, Taylor, what do you have coming up in the next uh, you know few weeks of coverage uh, for the NFL? Um. So on a day to day basis, it's basically just news and news updates. Um, and you literally don't know what you're going to come into and get every day. So tomorrow, I guess, we'll probably primarily be focused on um, who is going to be named the starter for the Vikings. And that's really probably the only story that I know for sure that we'll be covering. Other than that, we come in and it's just every day you never know what you're going to get, which is what makes it fun. 
Um, you just, of course, hope that there's no injuries. And then, of course, we will have the Zeke um, appeal December 1st. So by December 1st, he will have already missed out three games. At that point, I don't know if it's even worth appealing. Um, there's only a couple more to go. So I don't know how that is going to be, how that's going to play out, but that'll definitely be interesting. It's the ongoing saga. It is. Dallas, I'm a little but... <laughs> over the saga, but that <laughs> that's okay. Well, Taylor, I definitely uh, appreciate you taking the time for joining us on the podcast this week. And since Thanksgiving is next week, I want to go ahead and wish you a happy Thanksgiving. Thank you. You too. I will be here. Well, thanks again, Taylor. We appreciate it. Thanks. You've been listening to The Weekly Brew.